Yeah, who this sound like? Yeah, we dropping the mic, mic. Yeah, all in your timeline. Uh, all in your mind, mind. Whoa, cover the court out of brine. I'm the greatest, no debate. Yeah, cover the field with a rhyme. Dropping the mic at they place. Yeah, who this sound like? Yeah, we dropping the mic, mic. Yeah, all in your timeline. All in your mind, mind. Cover the court like LeBron. I'm the greatest, no debate. Yeah, cover the field with a rhyme. Dropping the mic at they place. Yeah, dropping the mic like I'm feels. I could care less how you feel. Yeah, discussing the new deals. On the stand, we keep it real. Yeah, hot takes too. Yeah, uh, we gon' let it brew. Uh, yeah, we all in the news for keeping it real and keeping it true. You are listening to Dropping the Mic Sports Talk, the realest sports talk show. Period. I am your host, Laron Fields. I'm joined by my super duper Tallahassee Tekken co-host, Brent Wilson. We are recording live from the Alamo Top Realty Studios. In this episode of Dropping the Mic, you already know what it is. It's all about ball, football, basketball. I may drop a little baseball since it's playoffs. Maybe I won't. Stay tuned, keep it locked, and let's go. Brent, how you doing this week, my man? I am doing excellent, my man. Doing really good. Hey, NBA Finals here. Lakers in that thing. You know, LeBron going for that fourth ring. Uh, Tallahassee Tech. I'm not mad. You know, you get punched in the mouth so badly. You just got to, like, get knocked out and move on. That's what happened for the state. So I, I, I didn't lose a close game. I ain't, hey, you get punched in the mouth, you take it and move on. I'm feeling good about that. Sports moving. We got some good college football coming this weekend. So, hey, let's talk about it and break it down. It's funny because I know we were talking back and forth with the game. Maybe I should have – we should have had a bet like Keyshawn and Jay Will did, you know, make you wear my Ray Lewis jersey and go around the house. Matter of fact, with my Miami Hurricanes flag, put it up on the neighborhood, on the home, and all that good stuff. Luckily, I'm not that cruel of a person. Y'all was getting beat down so bad. I'm glad you have the Lakers to watch to take some of your pain away. But, yeah, hey. Yeah. You would have bet that would have hurt. So, which, hey, when I had no – Losses as far as besides just losing the game, I was happy because I'd have bet I would have been hurt. <laughs> I bet, yeah, I bet you would have. I would have been hurt too. It. I was foolish. I believed we were gonna win. Like, li- listen, y'all listen to last week's episode. Y'all heard my confidence. That was real confidence. See, I, I didn't now, think that was, was co- that did not so- that sounded like I gotta say this to put up a front. See, because real confidence would have been like, no, nah, man. Trust me when I tell you, I believe this. You were like, yeah, we, you were, it felt like you were trying to get out ahead of me so I couldn't say nothing. But, you know, I didn't need to say nothing because I already knew the proof was in the pudding and the pudding was canish. Hey, look, neither here nor there. That's in the bag. The Canes wrapped it up, put another bling on the turnover chain because we turning over a new leaf. We're a new nation now. But I, listen, something's troubling me, Brent. You know, we, we go all week, we look for stuff to talk about, stories to pop up. We don't have to look hard. We don't have to look far because sports is 24-7. It's a new cycle of its own. So your boy, Kyrie, and your boy, Kevin Durant, two dudes I really don't even understand most of the time and can't really stand as players, have the most craziest asinine thing today to say. And, look, they've ducked heat. When, when Stephen A. Smith went hella hard crazy – on the Steve Nash hire, you didn't hear from either one of them. And I'm not shocked because that's kind of their personality. They don't like that heat. They don't like that smoke. But on their podcast, the et cetera's, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving talked about Steve Nash coming in as the coach. And I quote, Kyrie Irving says, I don't really see us having a head coach. I, I, he, he said KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach some days. 
And then Durant had the nerve to follow up and say, I, I agree with Irving, calling it a collaborative effort, naming assistant former interim head coach Jock Vaughn someone that could fill role, the given role any day, any given day. I, what? What do you hear when you hear this? I'm hearing foolish and more foolish. That's what I'm going to call them, foolish and more foolish. Uh, you want to pick a team that's just like, hey, super talented, but no chance of winning? Pick a team that say they don't have a head coach. Hey, we all run the show. Uh, whoever runs the show, it's no pecking order. Coaches don't make decisions. I'll coach. He'll coach. We'll all coach. Okay, well, let me come coach you then. Y'all don't need anybody to coach you. Let me come coach y'all. Let me just call y'all plays. Let me not even come to practice. Just come in and coach y'all on game day. I mean, it just sounds dumb. It sounds sensitive. It's, it sounds, you know what? It's actually fitting for who they are because in my mind, they're both two of the most sensitive players in the NBA. Ever. I mean, they, they are some sensitive dudes. Like, I just, they make me laugh. Like, if you get on them, when, okay, you, you, you say foolish things, right? Like, you come out here and you say something that's just flat out foolish. We know it's foolish. Then when everybody start tearing them up, they're going to be like, the media, this media, that they just always want. No, no, no. You did it to yourself. This yeah. is foolish. You're saying you don't have a coach when you got the coach you picked and wanted, Durant. Now you don't have a coach. Everybody's well, the coach. Well, look, my thing is, you know, you feel the way you feel, cool. But for you to say this after all the heat was on for the hiring and everybody linked it to you were a part of the decision and then you try to water it down with, we don't care who the coach is today, tomorrow. Neither one of you can coach. Hell, barely both y'all only can win with other super talented people. And y'all together, my friend, that is no dice. Let's move this along. Keeping it in basketball, right? So, Brent, I got a problem. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not upset that Doc Rivers got fired from the Clippers because I understand how this business works. And you heard it here on this podcast two weeks ago, and I said, Doc Rivers may have coached the last game. And you replied with, no, they just, you know, uh, they said the Bomber supported him. And I said, that's the problem I have. They supported him that quickly. And then you go and you do the investigation. I said, they're going to have to blame somebody for this collapse. And you can't always get rid of players. So they got rid of Doc. What I don't like are two things. One, I do not like how the media takes jabs at African-American coaches. Let me give you a case of point. All you kept hearing was Doc Rivers is the only head coach that leaves a 3-1 lead on three different teams. It was like 2003, 2015, and 2020, and they were all circumstantial. It wasn't like that's what this man does, because I can tell you who needs to get fired, who's, who's been getting a pass, and there's not a coach that's a GM, and that's Danny Ainge. His team was terrible in the playoffs. How do you let the 5C beat you like that? So back to Doc Rivers. I heard that. I heard, oh, Doc should have got these guys motivated to play. And I'm going to give you credit for this one. You hit the nail on the head when you said Kawhi's not a leader. He's never had to lead, right? And I mentioned Toronto. Well, he led in Toronto, and you pointed out, no, he didn't. Kyle Lowry led. It's like, you know, you're right. So fast forward to the Clippers. Everywhere Paul George has gone, they've always underachieved. You pointed that out. And then now when it's supposed to be – Ka uh, Kawhi's team, he ain't leading. He ain't even showing up. So I'm happy that you have news to announce right now about Doc Rivers. Yep, let me give the good news first for Doc Rivers. He got the head coaching job with the 76ers. And when I say that, it's a good take for him, good pickup, because Ben Sims, you're going to learn how to shoot the jumper now. Or you may not be there. Doc Rivers 
is coming to win and he gonna whatever it takes there's no way hey if you don't want to shoot just be a small power forward now. no 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 if you want to play you're gonna learn how to shoot so that's gonna help the Sixers but yeah back to the back to the Clippers so look when Balmer and all the, and the GM and all them, they made all these trades um Jerry West right that's the GM right he's the, the consultant but consultant. yeah okay when they made all these moves right when they gave up their their whole future for Paul George right once they gave up their future for Paul George, somebody was on the hook. It was no, it was it was a no-win situation unless you won a championship. So let's say you lose in the second round like you did. You can't fire Paul George, even though he deserved to be fired. You know, players can't get fired, but hey, when your player chokes he in the side of the backboard and out there, oh man, it wasn't it wasn't a win or a bust season for us. You know, it's our first year. So he first he choked, then he made excuses. But when you gave your whole future for the guy, you can't fire him. So who gets to take the blame? Let's pick Doc Rivers apart. Uh, let's, like you said, his coaching record for him. They don't want to talk about how many times he won and achieved, overachieved with those bad Clippers teams when he just, when he didn't have. Well, no, 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 no. He didn't have bad Clippers. Like you don't forget, Vinny Del Negro did a great job of getting them set up in a sense. Like injuries. Well, no, no, no. Cause I looked it up, right? His record, his first year was their worst record. They won like 29 games. They were like, 53 and 29 but his second season they flipped it and they won 50 games they started that's when they started finally getting older veterans like don't forget Chauncey Billups played on the Clippers so they started getting these older veterans and they started turning but then Denny, Vel, Denny Del Negro Vinny Del Negro got caught by the same thing as catching Doc they were performing well but they just weren't winning in the playoffs and yeah, so that's what I'm saying they they didn't have teams that were built to win championships yeah, they, they were really talented regular season. They were gonna do well in the playoffs, but they weren't. I was saying he didn't have. When I say bad teams, let me let me clarify. I meant he didn't have championship level teams. They weren't beating the Warriors and teams before that that were really really good. So he was he was doing what he could as a coach. There was no coach when coming to win the championship, but they act like Rivers was underachieving when he didn't have a great team. He didn't have a team that was built to win championships. So he took blame when he shouldn't have took blame. Because I mean. Blake Griffin, and then, I mean, injury luck, just unfortunate, right? Blake Griffin getting hurt at times, DeAndre Jordan, different injuries and stuff as part of the game. But, yeah, they act like he was underachieving. But, I mean, they needed somebody to take the fall for Paul George's choke job. They don't have a leader on the team. So, who you, you can't get rid of Kawhi. You can't make him a leader. You can't make Paul George clutch. But you can fire the coach. So, it's just, it just inevitable one piece got to fall. He was the piece that's going to fall. Now, here's the second part of this, right? Now we've exhausted the Clippers. Well, and the, well you know, I told you the other issue, right? I don't, I don't know, you know, that's what they're putting out in the streets to make it seem like they were justified for what they did. And I get it, right? Because when you look at the situation, you just got these guys less than 12 months ago. Um, and in the extraordinary season, they only played 10 games together. It's not like they had a lot of time to build it, and this was the third attempt. This isn't a Mike D'Antoni situation to where he's had the same superstar. They've tried different methods and, and concepts, and it hasn't worked. This was, I literally got you. You both were hurt. You did low management. No, you didn't have the point guard. Yes, you mortgaged the future. I get all that. <clears throat> but it also the, the thing is, if you didn't fire him now, was what I always understood is this. If you wanted Sam Cassell to be your coach or Tyloo to be your coach, you couldn't keep Doc. So if you really wanted him to be the next guy, you had to let him go because if you kept Doc and let both Sam and Tyloo get a job, now you're stuck per se with doc because you done let the talent out the building so i get that dynamic my question to you is 
how does he fit in Philadelphia? I, I, I really think, okay, let me say, I don't think Doc's like the greatest coach, clearly, but I don't think he's a bad coach. Doc's solid. I always thought Doc was solid. Um, everybody needs the right pieces. I think in Philadelphia, like I said, if you can get Ben Simmons to work on that jump shot or if, literally, hey, this is what we need to win, get the jump shot, or you won't play. I mean, you got Embiid, you got Horford. They're, they got Harris still, right, Tobias. They're not um, a small, like, team like you go into Chicago. They're well-built already. You, put the, you were pretty high on them coming into the bubble. Remember how hype you were for them coming in. It like, was. The talent is there. Elton Brand at GM, you got the right GM running it. You just yeah. need the right coach. This may be the biggest piece that they needed. So I think they're, with Doc, I think they're really close to really competing. I think it's going to be a big step forward for them, not backwards with that hire. Here's where I'm mixed, right? I'm mixed feelings on this. I think it's the great hire because it gives you credibility. The same thing that gave the Clippers credibility. For a quiet even look at you, you needed a coach like Doc Rivers. For Philadelphia, Brett Brown may have been a good X's and O's guy, but he wasn't that guy to give you what you needed over the hump. So Doc's challenges are two things. I don't foresee um, my man Ben Simmons hitting a three. <laughs> the question is, can you motivate the big fella? to play consistently with effort. That's what this comes down to. Me personally, I honestly, heart of hearts believe you need to trade both of them. If you don't trade both, you got to trade Embiid. And it's not like I don't like Embiid, but I think you can get more for him. In this new NBA, you can get away without having a big such as Embiid. But if you have Embiid, he has to have a floor general that distributes to everybody else and can hit a jumper. Why do you think they call Rondo playoff Rondo? Because come play during the regular season, he's still leading and organizing and planning and doing whatever. But in the playoffs, he's able to hit the three-pointer. Man can hit the side. Of, he cannot hit the side of a barn in the regular season. But come playoffs, he's dialed in and focused. He's hitting clutch threes when we need them. And if Ben Simmons can adopt that mindset, maybe you got something. I like that. I like that, actually. That's actually actually well, well put together. I never even thought about it that way. But I just don't know. I was trying to think when you were saying it. I was like, who would be a good piece to put in, trade and be, get a good piece that they can build around that still, if you only, because I mean, if you only trade one, what, who do you bring in that's going to let Simmons' strength that he does have show? Because with, like you said, with Embiid, you need a guard that can shoot. So well, Simmons' it, best to, skills to, to answer to Well, to answer your thing, I do like what Brett Brown did, and he put him at the, at the point four, four right? Mm -hmm. And then you bring in a real point guard. But let's not worry about that today. Let's just, we talked about the doc thing. Let's keep this puppy moving. We will definitely circle back because, you know, <laughs> little insight before we get there. The NBA finals aren't going to be that long. So we're going to have a lot of off season <laughs> to talk about. So we'll just table that now. And we can start finding our own trade scenarios and packages that we think are worth yeah. for Embiid and Simmons. Like so that. moving along, Jerry Jones speaks. Again, the problem is, as always, his foot's in his mouth. This man had the audacity to make a statement. And asked my comment saying, see, the difference between Dak and Patrick Mahomes is he would have completed that last play of the game. Are you kidding me? Like, for real, Jerry Jones, <clears throat> your own quarterback, you throw him under the bus, but yet you kept Jason Garrett on for decades <clears throat> of mediocrity. Here's my issue. I know people don't like Dak because people can't see the value of Dak. Dak is valuable. Under these current circumstances, I don't know if you saw the play, Brent, but he literally got the ball from center, was immediately met by Seattle Seahawks defenders, 
spun out of the pocket, dang near falls to the ground, puts the hand down, keeps himself up, rolls to his left, and he tries to chunk one down the end zone where his receivers didn't even fight for the ball and it went incomplete. And Jerry Jones thinks that Patrick Mahomes would have completed that play. Well, the difference is, and I'm, about, I'm, I'm still giving him some leeway, the difference is this. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy know how to attack a defense. They know how to find the weakest defender on the other team and make his night miserable. That's not what the Cowboys do. The Cowboys find a way to hit the home run, and they strike out more than they hit the home run. So don't put this all on deck. Play calling matters. I mean, I mean, look, this is typical Jerry Jones, right? I mean, we can say that every single year. Look, when have we ever said, hey, hey, man, uh, Jerry Jones takes advantage of his talent. He got so much talent. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to build a team. But he doesn't. First off, your quarterback's in a contract year. You, you have high expectations, right? You're competing. So the last thing you want the owner of the team to do is throw your quarterback under the bus. So, I mean, you're going to throw your quarterback under the bus. What a play that probably nobody could have made, but if, if Mahomes were going to make it or if Aaron Rodgers, that, they all have the same rightfulness. It's going to take a kind of a miracle. It's going to take things kind of going right for it to work. So you're going to take kind of a miracle play and throw your quarterback under the bus within the first four weeks of the season. And, That's you know, he, he already has, play. like, 1,000, 1,300 yards passing in Dude, the first three games. It. Yeah, it's like it, it, he didn't lose that game for you. It's just – Look, man, you're right. We shouldn't spend too much time on a man who's senile and just says dumb <laughs> things. I just hope Dak leaves the Cowboys because sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone. And I'd rather see, I'd rather see Dak go to Indiana or something like that, like go to the Colts because Phillip Rivers is killing me. I thought he was going to do much better. I was wrong there. But speaking of football, Brent, uh, there's this thing called the XFL. We know this August it was purchased. One of the most highly known people who purchased it, the part of the group that purchased it, was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He sent out a tweet this morning saying, we're back. Well, not this year and not 2021. We'll see you in spring of 2022. I'm still excited because I love what The Rock touches, and I can smell what he's cooking, and it smells pretty good. They did say – well, the president, XFL president of operations officer, Jeffrey Pollock, he said in a release that he did not want to rush its return. They are very <clears throat> keen on the opportunity that's in front of them. And with this new ownership group, they simply don't want to rush back. They also want to do what's proper with the care and thought for everyone who loves football, especially the players and coaches, partners and fans. So for me, I can live with it. I love the transparency. I love the early communication. We're not left to wonder. Um, I'm, they did uh, talk about the bubble concept. I know you reported that, that they were going to do the single city bubble concept, but they were like, you know what? We're not going to rush this for the sake of rushing. Let's get it right. Cause there's an opportunity there, man. We've seen two leagues, the AF and XFL. They have a niche marketplace. It works and it also makes football better. So I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm good too. I, I mean, look, we, the fans lose. Yes. The, the fans of the rock, the fans of XFL, the fans of fun football, we lose. Because we like, man, we're excited about the rock. Give him, but but he's smart. Hey, I'm not going to just give y'all something just to do it because we want it with this bubble concept. I'm going to give y'all my best. If my best has to wait to 2022, I'm like, hey, huge respect to, to the rock. Thank you for making sure you give us your best instead of just giving the fans what they want. Because when you give it to us in 2022, it's going to be way better and we're going to be happier. It's just a loss right now because we wanted to see what the rock was going to do. But like, like, like I just said, he's going to give us his best. That's all we can really ask for, to be honest. 
What's crazy though, really, like it doesn't even seem that far away because we're sitting here in October already. So you got three months of 2020 and Lord, let's get out of this year because I can't take another death. Um, and then you go 2021, you can expect it for 2022. It just goes a little bit faster. Last on the docket right here, my man, college football. It's something I'm passionate about. It's something I think should have happened. And I hate when all the men in the room don't look like me, but they expect players that look like me to perform what they want done, but it's never for the benefit of the player. Brent, I am talking about the college football playoff. The committee shelved the idea that was proposed by Larry Scott of the Pac-12 to expand to eight teams. Now, in my mind, in this year of years, this would be the time to enact that change because it's chaotic. You don't even have, we have the ACC's already started, the Big 12 has started, the SEC just started, which I can't wait to talk about that conference. The Mountain West will be starting, the Big 10 will be starting, and then the Pac-12 will be starting all the different times. So we're unequally yoked. We can't even measure like, it's pointless to have rankings right now. We got rankings. We got power rankings. How, they just put Big, tw big Ten teams in the, in the top 25 rankings, and they haven't played a game. Like, this is ridiculous. It was ridiculous before that <clears throat> because you had a situation where there's four teams that play in the college football playoff. There are five power conferences. Why can't we be smart about this? You win your conference, you get an automatic bid, leaving three spots open for – if you want that second SEC team or ACC team or Big Ten team, or if you want to get a Big 12 team and a Pac-12 team, because lately it's been SEC, SEC, Big Ten, and maybe an ACC. It's been those four kind of, you know, situations. You've been the whole left side of the country been left out, style of play, whatever you want to call it, but it's not been fair like we see in March Madness. Yeah, think about this. You ever seen your friend just like, you're like, hey, you had a golden opportunity, and you're going to miss it. I feel like, it's like you said, this is chaos, pandemic. 2020 has been chaos. I mean, it's not, it's not many words for 2020, right? So in chaos, you could find something positive, right? Hey, golden opportunity, right at your doorstep. Hey, let's expand to 18. Let's just try it. NBA, we could just uh, cancel the season. We've been out for three months. No, let's just go outside the box. Come up with this bubble idea. WNBA is working perfectly. NBA is in the finals as well, just like the WNBA. Um, Baseball is going to be able to finish their season. They're in the playoffs. Hockey got a champion, right? Look, you went outside the box. You tried it. This was the perfect year. This year, pandemic brought opportunity. So it's so professional sports took advantage of opportunity. College football, hey, like you said, five five conferences, right? Get those. Then we get one of those smaller schools like a Boise State that got hot or one of them all in Central Florida thought they should have been. No, we're not going to take that smart opportunity to get these, get it eight. We're just going to leave it how it is because we're not taking advantage of the opportunity during the pandemic. I just think they missed a golden opportunity. Yeah, it's, again, it's, it's people who are selfish, and I say that sincerely because there's no way in America that, like, you're still talking about bowl games being happening. Like, that, who cares about a bowl game when, you, when it's about the playoffs? They make so much money. And this, I love this, this, this argument they use sometimes that, <clears throat> that they talk about, this would be such a significant change and comes with so many challenges. No, the problem is you don't want to share money. That's what it comes down to. And don't talk about this challenge when every other level has a playoff of 16 teams or more, when the FCS expands it from 16 to 24, like you're talking to people as if we're stupid and we're not stupid. Maybe you should look in the mirror and just say, I'm a crook and a criminal and I'd rather have the cash to myself. Yep. 
why are you making decisions like this that only impact you financially to make you have more money, but the people who are playing, want to know they got a fighting chance. Don't call it the college football playoff if it's only the SEC, Big Ten, and ACC in it. Like, that's stupid. If I was a Big 12 and I'm Pac-12, I'm just, look, we about to go to war over this. Let's go to court. Like, let's make this legit. This is what makes March Madness special. Like you said, that underdog. This year, it's Cincinnati. Past years has been UCF, USF. It's been uh, Boise State. Like, why are we making this harder? But, yeah, you're going to sit there and make concessions for Notre Dame. Notre Dame gets to get in if they're going defeated. He, he's on the committee, but he ain't in a conference. First year they've ever been in a conference. That, to me, sir, smells foul and funky. But on to another note, keeping it fresh and funky, we got more to talk about. NCAA college football. We're going to get deeper into it. Brent, there's just something about the SEC football. Listen, we've been doing college football for about four weeks. My cane's been playing four weeks, and I've been happy about what I've seen, and I'm glad what I'm seeing. But it's something about the SEC. This week they come back, and games were ablazing. They were hot. I felt like it was real football being played from top to bottom. With the addition of Ole Miss getting Lane Kiffin and – Leach going to Mississippi State, it's the, the SEC West is a whole league by itself. The weakest team in that league, in that division, is Arkansas, and they've even gotten better. So from top to bottom, one through seven, that's a gauntlet. That's a gauntlet, and what Mississippi State did to LSU, that's not the last time we're going to see this. No, exactly. Like, when you say it, you say it perfectly. It just feel SEC football, there's just something about it. Because So I get up uh, – Saturday morning, I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch. Uh, my neighbor's an Auburn fan. I'm like, I'm going to catch Auburn. I'm like, man, these dudes are hidden. These dudes are moving. Kentucky looked like a top-notch school, too. They hidden out. They hidden Auburn. Quarterback making plays. Defense is everywhere. They're actually – it's like y'all been playing for four weeks. I felt like the SEC been playing for four weeks, the way they're moving, the way they're playing. You hit the number head. And this is no shot at Miami because this is more shot at Florida State. I watched the Florida State-Miami game. You know, that's the prime time game. I'm like, Florida State, y'all look slower. Y'all don't hit as hard. Y'all don't move. I'm like, y'all are all college athletes. But Kentucky looked faster, stronger. And if you look at the recruits side by side, Florida State got way better recruits, way better athletes. But Kentucky, the SEC, I mean, the way they look, I'm like, they look way better than other conferences look. When I see everybody else, I'm like, okay, y'all moving good. Y'all look good. Y'all like y'all getting into the season three or four weeks in. SEC come out like they've been playing for 10 weeks and just smashed my football. And I'm like, hey, without them, Right now, college football is not the same. I, just, I hate to say that because I'm an ACC guy, but without SEC, it's not college football. And, you know, I was, I was put on game on this for a long, a long time ago. My good friend, shout out to Ronald Flemings, he played at A&M. Uh, they weren't in the SEC at the time, but he helped me understand because I, I used to be anti-SEC. They're not the best conference, and he broke it down to me this simple. The SEC is the only conference where from top to bottom, everybody plays defense which is contrary to the Big 12, and that's what we're seeing. Like, right, we'll talk about Oklahoma State losing the K-State for the second year in a row. It's all finesse. It's all it is is pass the ball a thousand times. Nobody hits hard. You know, it's a pseudo running game. It's a, it's a wild, wild west shootout. And as you go from left, or when you go from the East Coast to West Coast, it gets more finesse. Only in the SEC is it hard hitting. You have some Big 10 schools that can hit hard, but then they're not fast. And they're, they're still like two yards in the cloud of dust. So I, I, I'm with you, man. SEC just makes it that much better. Um, ACC is certain matchups like next week, not this week. It'll be Clemson versus Miami. 
I do have a I do have a shocker though. I think Virginia may have a chance to to touch Clemson. Cle- look, I looked at Clemson's schedule, man. They may come out with two losses this year. Miami may come out with two losses because we got a tough road to hoe in the right or wrong key spots for the Canes. We got to go to like Virginia Tech in October. I think it's Halloween. We got to go to uh, luckily Pitt comes to us. But there's some places we got to go to NC State. We got to go to some games and some places where they're they're lackluster. And it'll be cold. And I can see people just losing focus. I'm hoping Manadia is make sure that doesn't happen. Cause I think we have a real opportunity to get back in that top five spot and, and have a shot at the college playoffs. You, you know, let me say one more thing on the SEC. You, you know how you you saying um they all play defense, the rest of them don't. You know how you like, man, this is this is pretty. This is this is what fans like. You're scoring 60 points. Oklahoma spreading it out with five receivers, throwing the ball everywhere. All of it's true. And the fans love it. You know, Sooner Nation is deep. They, they are, it's fans all over the country. They love it. It's all good. It's, it's all exciting. Then you come into the playoff, college ball playoff, you get punched in the mouth by SEC school. I'm like, so. Every year. Every year. So I'm like, do you ever say, hey, okay, this is pretty. This is what people like. This is what get people hyped. People don't want to watch Alabama all the time. And people didn't want to watch Florida. But they don't care about Georgia all the time, you know, besides the diehard fans. They're like, the games are boring, though. It may be 21 to 10. Like, watch Oklahoma. Watch Texas. I'm like, have you ever took a step back and said, hey, man. They, we do have bigger support probably than some of these SEC schools, but they win in championships. Yeah. So when do you ever say, hey, let's stop being pretty. Let's build our defense. Let's get these 300-pound D tackles. Let's get these linebackers that's number one in the country instead of trying to go after the best receiver, running back, quarterback every time like Oklahoma always gets. No. What if you got the best defensive people and you can dominate in the trenches and you can just get physical? It may not be as pretty, but you're getting rings when you're winning. None of that matters. No, nobody cares how you do it. They just know they just care that you do it. Exactly. So the thing is with Oklahoma, they can do that. And that brings up a point, right? Texas. They had this basketball game against Texas Tech that, you know, we know what Texas Tech. We're from Texas. Texas Tech's one of the schools, they gotta throw up hundred points to be competitive because yeah. they're not they're not getting the preem talent. But your Texas, your Oklahoma's, you're getting top talent. It's a it's like you said, they're catering to this wild, wild west mentality. Yep style over substance have a little bit of both we saw it with baker mayfield when he was there it was all about style and flash they then they played georgia looked great for half and then boom train wreck nada yeah. you know yeah. jalen hurts gets there or what's my man um arizona kyler murray gets his shot he gets torn up by alabama uh <laughs> what you call it uh my man with the eagles jalen hurts jalen hurts he goes his turn up, he gets knocked out by LSU. It's like when y'all hit, when y'all hit these big boys, y'all have no no chance. Every and time, it's same movie. Every time, same same. It's different movie, same ending every time. And I'm like, y'all, rec- like you said, you said it per- they recruit like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Tell me, Texas go walk in most living rooms and get a kid. Oklahoma too. How about you walk in these defensive ends out of Florida, out of Georgia? These defensive tackles, these these top two or three cornerbacks walking in the room. The first, they like, we'll go in the room and let me go get three receivers, two quarterbacks, two running backs. And it's too late. I'm Listen, just I, I just don't think they develop them with the same hunger and mentality. They're getting those guys. Like I said, like, like they could think about it. When Nebraska left the big 12, that opened the floodgates for Oklahoma. So Oklahoma and Texas literally fought over the same kid. Yep. And that's the only two. Then it's like, you may get an A&M guy in there, but if, if those two don't get them, then they're going to LSU. They're going to, Florida, they're going yep. to Georgia, they're going to Ohio State. So they have their opportunities. I just don't think that they have the philosophy or the mindset for them to be like that. 
when they okay. used to be. Even back in the day, Oklahoma used to look like an SEC, SEC team, Bro, but not, not Bob anymore. Stoops. The Bob yeah, Stoops? early Bob Stoops, not late yeah. Bob Stoops. No, early, me early. They were yeah. tough. They were physical. Them, them Red River, what they used to call the shootout and that's the robbery, whatever. They yeah. used to be physical, man. Them games Definitely. used to be physical. It wasn't Dudes no... running from five yards, hopping over the line, making tackles in the backfield. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it used to be yeah. legit. It speak, no speak, points. Speaking of speaking of watching those kind of games, what are the games to watch this week? Who you got this week? Uh, Auburn at Georgia. Man, the way Auburn looked great, even because Kentucky was solid. Georgia didn't look good. Their quarterback is – healthy or something right some of their quarterback will be back this game that wasn't back i think uh he was cleared now or something but i mean that's gonna be a dog fight man that's gonna be a dog fight i'm really looking forward to that and then the other one i hate to say all sec but i mean it's um alabama at a&m they both on the same side of the conference they picked the finish one and two hey they both looked good first week you know what i mean um a&m should look better alabama looked like they've expected so i'm thinking man this is gonna be a good SEC weekend because I mean both of those games are going to be dog fights because all these teams like you said play physical I can't wait for those two SEC games I'm thinking of other games but I mean them the two that just jump out you know no, I, I, mean, I want to see how Oklahoma bounces back I want to see what LSU bounces back after that loss so but I mean the big games are those two SEC games right there for me well I think the good thing is this like well here's what's going to be intriguing Oklahoma has lost to Kansas State as I said before two years in a row they go to Iowa State Right, that's not an easy place to play. It's a night game in Ames, Iowa. So we'll see how they rebound. Um, you mentioned LSU; they're playing Vanderbilt. If they struggle with Vanderbilt, then they they need to go ahead and just call it a season. The game that I'm looking out for, right, is Navy Air Force because that's for the Commander Cup. I always like watching that game. Um, but the other game, like I said earlier, is Virginia at Clemson. This will be a game to watch to see if Clemson. Like, Virginia, you get what you Bronco Milton Hall, the head coach of Virginia, is giving them some credibility. They don't get all the sexy recruits, but they get decent talent. So I'm intrigued to watch that one. I'm not saying that Clemson is going to lose the game, but I think they could get pushed. We definitely want to see Mississippi State's follow-up performance as they take on Arkansas at home. If they broke the record last week against LSU, I'm going to say over under 800, Brent. You think they go over 800 yards or under 800 yards offense? Man, I can see him going over because that offensive show was ridiculous. That was impressive. Yeah, and, and to do it against an LSU team that has real five-star talent, um, what's crazy, though, is my man Leach. He don't believe in running the ball. Nine yards rushing. <laughs> like, I think that was on accident. The ball happened to go behind the line of scrimmage on a swing pass, and he, it came as a run. I was like, you just you crazy, man. So, yeah, that's what it is this week for games to watch for, for the uh, college games. So keep it locked there. Listen to us next week to see what it is that we say about that. Brent, you know what time it is, right? You know we got to get in that fourth down territory. We're talking NFL, so let's get to it. Well, you want to you wanna jump on uh, the NBA real quick before we do NFL? No, let's go NFL first. Then, NFL, look, the NBA, okay. the NBA will be there. But That's fair. The, the NFL, right, it's four down territory, so let's go with first down. Uh, something we both talked about, right? COVID, NFL, bubble, not to bubble, something's got to happen. And dang it, if we weren't right. We already got our first NFL game being postponed. Now the NFL scrambling, trying to figure out when the next makeup game is. Now you may not get a bye week, your true traditional scheduled bye week. You may have to plan your bye week to fit this game in. And my issue is this could have all been preventable or prevented had we had bubble-esque concepts. 
bubble concept or a plan. Remember early on, we both said, I said, when we, before we like say we weren't going to do fantasy, remember a lot of stuff earlier, we were like, do the NFL really have a plan? Like what, what, what is their plan? Cause I mean, if it's no bubble, you're going to have positive cases. It was a given, right? We understood that, but I'm like, what is their plan? And the way it sounded like, oh, we may play Monday. We may play Tuesday. Now like, oh, we canceled completely. We're going to move it to another week. Oh, so y'all didn't have a plan. No, so, they didn't. Exactly. That was Remember we kept saying, do y'all have a plan? What's the backup plan? You got to have something. Cause when it hits one team, their opponent loses out too. What's your plan? Well, listen, not, not just their opponent, the, the previous week's opponent, right? Because the Vikings had to stop. And, and here's my bigger issue, right? So, and I'll, not to their credit, but to the pause is this. They had to do a second round of testing, so they were uncertain. Then they came back with more negative tests. I didn't understand, well, okay, the guys that are positive, those guys should be able to go forward. Pittsburgh shouldn't have to be affected. How about with this? You want to close that facility? Fine. Flip the game to Pittsburgh. Let them have a home game. You're yeah. bad. You're lost. You created the harm. Let's go. Because now, again, you got the issue with the Raiders out there at, at, at events, maskless. You got the NFL finding coaches, which at first, Brent, I got to be honest, like, why are you finding coaches all this money? You're supposed to be testing players. Everything's supposed to be copacetic. You got all these tests coming back. Why do you have to wear a mask? If they've right. all passed the test, why they got to wear a mask? The players aren't wearing a mask. So what's the co the coach and them that's breathing the same air why are we worried about mass so if this is the way you're trying to send your messages then so be it yeah it doesn't make sense you think you think the coach is uh yelling at his player talking to his quarterback ear with a mask on at practice you no. don't wear a mask all week now hey get to the game wear a mask and don't even if they to... do it's still it's a bad look because the players aren't wearing masks under their helmet so <laughs> you yes. still got stuff spread around and spit going everywhere you, you know what this is this is when you when you're playing is no plan. This yeah. is what you see. You start seeing the results of no plans. When you fail to plan, you plan to fail. That's exactly. as simple as we can put it. So, also in first down, I want to know if this is an overreaction or the right reaction. Nick Folds has been named starter for the year. It's right because it, the only reason is, the only part is wrong. He should have been a starter from the get-go. We both knew he was better than Trubisky. The whole world knew he was better than Trubisky. Who didn't know? So, the only reason it's wrong is because it took too long. He shouldn't have to come in and save a game to start. We knew he was better. You've seen his track record. We've seen Trubisky. Hey, do you want to win or do you want to be nice? This NFL, this is not high school. Hey, well, he was here already. We're just going to let him get one more. No, no, no. Let's try to win game. Well, I, you, you said something that made me think about this. You said we know his track record, and I do know his track record. Nick Foles' track record is he only does great in these scenarios. He's never done great as a starter from week one to week 16 or 17. He's only done good when someone's gone down, got hurt, and he had to be captain save a homie. And so I think Nick, uh, Matt Nagy's like, hey, this is a captain save a homie moment. Let's insert him. He throws three touchdowns. They come back to win. I anoint him the starter. Now he's feeling like I'm, I'm the man. Now I got that swagger, and now we go make this thing happen. The question is, do they look to trade Trubisky or they just have to sit there with the angry Trubisky all season? Who what knows? Trade him for <laughs> an eighth round draft pick. I, yeah, does it matter? You just don't want him in the building to, to, you know, I guess his insurance, but it, well, not, it's not even that his negative energy. It's just, it's awkward, right? Like it's, if you ever dated a girl for like say three, four years, broke with her and then you started dating her best friend or one of her close friends and they still hang out. And it's like, yeah. Oh, y'all hanging out today? Like, oh, I was going to come <laughs> scoop you up for lunch. It's just awkward. You're not trying to, like, hang out with the, your girl and your ex-girl. You're like, yeah. okay, that's why we ex. Anyway, 
So, next question, because, see, keeping with quarterbacks, right, we talk about Dak, talk about Trubisky. I got another one for you. Is time running out on Carson Wentz? Remember what we said earlier, right? We, like, Wentz, I think we did the overrated, underrated. We say he's overrated because he's never available. You always said the best way is to be available all the time, right? Best ability is availability. Yeah, exactly. He was always hurt, first off. And now – I mean, outside of coming back, I mean, before Nick Foles came in and saved that season, all that when he got hurt, he had a one good year right before that. It was solid. I mean, I don't, I can't remember last time like that man Carson Wentz is a killer. He's killing. I don't remember saying that because he hadn't been that guy. So I definitely think it's time running out because I mean, you can't. I mean, they gave him a lot of money, so they got to ride with him right for a while. But you can't just be like the Eagles. The Eagles, are, you, Eagles like to win. They like to compete. They like the Cowboys. They want to be great. They may not be, but they want to. So I can't see them burying themselves and struggling with Wentz if he doesn't get it together. I'll say this. If he gets hurt and Jalen Hurts has to come in and, pl- and he plays well, Wentz is done. Now, done. what you don't realize is his contract this year, they can get out of it and not be hit too hard. So uh-huh. keep an eye on that. So, again, some, his con- remember, remember this. His contract and Goff's contract, they gave it to them very early. Even though they didn't deserve it, they were proactive. And they did it so they could have this moment to where it's like, okay, two years, three years. Yeah, you're not going to be my guy. I can let you go and not feel the burn. Whereas Jerry Jones and his business savvy, he's like, nah, we're going to franchise tag you. So let's say Dak keeps throwing up these numbers and they still finish nine and seven. And then Dak walks or they say, you know what? We're not trying to pay you. They agree to walk away. And who's your backup quarterback? You, You got Andy Dalton. Sure. Go ahead with the Red Rocket if you want to. But this is where the Eagles may have tried to do the opposite of Green Bay, bring in a Jalen Hurts. Don't forget, he wasn't active week one. Bring him along slowly, groom him, and then when Wentz can't go, you got your dynamite quarterback coming in with no issues. So that's the way I see it. Second down, we got to talk about this. And I don't, quarterbacks just take up so much time. People call receivers, receivers divas. Quarterbacks are just as divas. So, Lamar Jackson, Monday Night Football. I, my issue is everybody wants to bag on Lamar. Lamar didn't perform in a big game yet again. I keep saying this. John Harbaugh is the worst head coach when it comes to big games. What was that game plan? Why do we keep going away from what you are? You are who you are. Now, if you want Lamar Jackson to be a better passer, get him some real receivers, not gadget midgets. I I don't know how many of his tight ends dropped the ball, but you didn't establish something. You didn't establish your running game to to set up the passing game. You just thought, okay, Lamar go out there and it'll work. No, the difference is when you see a team like the Chiefs, that's a total team planned effort. From the quarterback coach to the offensive coordinator to the head coach, they're on the same plan with the same scheme. And, again, they attack your weaknesses. Baltimore just thinks, oh, we got Lamar Jackson. Oh, this is Madden 21. Let's just go play. That's not how this works. I'm with you. I, I, think, I think it's kind of like a theme going, poor planning. Like, what did you do all week? You really had all week knowing this is, this is the biggest game of their season. Let's be honest, right? Chiefs, Ravens, two favorites. This is the biggest game of your season. So we know you locked in a game plan. What was the game plan? Why did I see that game plan? That's what you came up with? So like you said about the hardball with the planning, I'm just, I, I was like, Lamar, well, first look, I'm not going to Lamar pass, 97 passing yards. 
Like you, even with a bad game plan, you got to be a little better than that. Lamar, he, but you have bad days. He had a bad game. That's okay. He's going to have a bad game. He's not the perfect prototypical passing quarterback, right? He's going to have bad games. I'm okay with that. But when you have bad games, like if you go like, look, Patriots example, Belichick. We, Brady hadn't been a world beat in a long time, but he would get away with winning because the defensive game plan was solid. He can deke and dump and still get a field goal range to do enough. So you had plans in place to where like, hey, I'm not playing great. I can't make the deep throws right now, but I got a solid game plan to stick to. So we're going to still have a chance. That game plan by Baltimore, they, didn't never, they never had a chance. Lamar Jackson's passing yards was a reflection of the game plan. They're, they're, you can't, if you're saying he's not a pocket quarterback, then don't call those kind of plays. Put him in position to succeed. That is what I'm talking about. He's going to get the blame for a bad plan, which nobody could execute. Same, same, similar defensively, right? I always look like this. The Boston Ravens come in trying to swing heavy, and then when they miss, it's a big miss. And then you're down by 14 points, 10 points. You don't have the offenses come from behind. So you got to dictate terms and dictate the pace. That's not what they did. So they got behind. Listen, let's move on to third down. Let's just talk real, real, about – Real quick. Oh, go ahead. Quick. So um, this is what you're saying. I think I know what you're saying. That game plan is what, you, is what Dak been through with Jason Garrett all those years, pretty much? Just as bad, if not worse. It's like, <laughs> let's, let's try something that we know is not going to work. Let's try it again anyway. Because that's what happened. He did the same thing he did the last time they played. That's what I'm saying. Like, you didn't try anything new. You just did the same thing. We're going we're gonna to be creative and explosive, and then nothing happens. It's like, <laughs> now we're panicking. Uh, 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 you know. I'm with you. Yep. So, <clears throat> third down. Dallas at Seattle. Speaking of Dak, speaking of your guy, Russell Wilson, it was a quarterback showdown that did not disappoint. The outcome for those who are Cowboys fans was definitely disappointing. What's crazy to me is the Cowboys had a chance to win that game. And I'm not a Cowboys apologist. I'm not a Dak apologist. I just call it like I see it. The Cowboys are going to be a problem come down the stretch. As soon as everybody gets healthy, their old line gets solidified. I do have questions about Kellen Moore. His game plan on offense is terrible. It's just it's as, it's as if Jason Garrett never left. I still don't know the identity of the offense. Are you a running first team? Are you a passing first team to set up the run? Please answer that question. I do realize and can see that they have O-line issues. They have some injuries. I get that. Even furthermore, give me a real game plan. Why is it that you can come from behind quickly, but you can't start quickly? No, exactly. I agree. I'm with you. Like, like you said, I don't know their identity. When you watch, you like, what, what, is, what, are, what are y'all going to lean on? What are y'all going to? They don't have a game plan until they're losing, right? Like you said, mm -hmm. they don't really try to do anything special until they're losing. So, but I think, like you said, they're going to be a problem later, I think. More practices, more time. Hopefully, they get an established identity. You've seen it before early with a new coordinator, you know, but I'm hoping they get it. But, man, I am going to do an uh, overrated thing for everybody that I want to be successful, like I did with Russell Wilson, because this man is making me look better and better every single week. I'm not even sure he can be any better. Like, I don't say that often. I mean, sometimes Peyton Manning in his prime, you know, sometimes Aaron Rodgers, when he get on those streaks, I'm like, Dude can't do anything else. Dude is giving you four or five touchdowns every game. If he got the ball in his hands, you're something special going to happen, you feel like, every time. Russell Wilson, you just like, I feel like I'm playing Madden with, with everything put the 99 and just putting Russell Wilson out there with everything on 99 and just pick everybody apart. That's how this man looks right now. I, I don't want to take away from his performance because he's done it more than one week and it's been consistent. But the Cowboys didn't hurt him in the sense of they helped him a lot. I don't know how many times Tyler Lockett can run free and catch a touchdown. <laughs> like – 
if there's anything y'all know is if he did it once, don't let him do it again. But when he does it three times, it's like, dang, they ain't got nobody to cover. So shout out to Russell Wilson. He's still dangerous. But, you know, dang, it was like practice. You just tossing balls and catching them. Next game, Las Vegas Raiders at New England Patriots. It was everything I thought it would be. The moment was too big for the Raiders. They came off their win at home on a high, got out to New England, and that fizzled fast. So they do have an opportunity to bounce back this week in their game. But And I, I, I'm predicting them to win, just forecasting. But what were your thoughts on the New England Patriots Raiders game? I'm with you. I mean, I honestly thought you saw a typical um, team going on the road against Bill Belichick's schemes. Bill Belichick outcoached. I thought his team was better coach, right? I mean, I always mostly feel like that about Belichick. Better coach. The offensive game plan is getting better with Josh McDaniels. We're getting better. Cam's getting more implemented, getting more structure on the offense. So I, I think it was just a typical what I expected from uh, the Raiders going into New England and Belichick and Josh McDaniels' game plan coming to light. Well, then this, it is that simple. We don't need to double that anymore. The other game that was intriguing for the week was the Los Angeles Rams versus Buffalo. You had Ramsey talking smack. You had uh, Josh Allen deflecting. That game was good and bad at the same time. Buffalo established a lead early. The Rams made a comeback, fell short. Buffalo, I'm starting to have to give them their props are for real. I, and again, I'm picking against them again this week. I'm ready for that shooter drop. Like, I, I can't believe it until I can believe it. Three weeks, not a large enough sample size. Again, the first two games were the Dolphins and the Jets. Say what you will, make it what you may. Beating the Rams on the road, was that was convincing. So I'll give you that. I do have them slipping up going to Las Vegas this week. What say you? I'm with you because um, I'm not going to say it's a fluke, but I can't see Josh Allen. I, every week I'm like, he's not going to do that again. He's not going to do that again. He proved me wrong three weeks. But I think you can come back down because if you watch how they when they start letting them come back, they start looking like, hey, it's, it's some kinks in the armor, it's some weaknesses there. They let the Rams come back so easily. You know what I mean? They, like you said, they, they won the game, but those things are telltale signs for, like down the road. Like, hey, okay, blowing big leads, losing your execution, things like that. So I think – I mean, it was, a, it was a fun game when the way they came back and everything, but I'm like, hey, you're winning. But I think it's a kink in that armor, and Josh Allen going to show a little bit different side as we go on. I hear you. Are you? Let's move on to fourth down. This is where we pick them straight up. No spread, no odds, no totals. It's just mano y mano, team versus team. Brent, first game, Miami at – no, sorry, that's last week. This week, we have Thursday night football, Denver at Jacksonville. Who you got? Man, I, I never think I picked Jacksonville with Denver injuries. I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I'm with you. Uh, not Even if they weren't injured, I'm still – you know, I like Minshew at home. Um, so I'm going Jacksonville. Next up, this to me is the game of the week. For all intents and purposes, it's the one with the most flair. New England at KC. I'm excited about this one. You know I'm a Patriots fan. I'm going New England. I feel like we get better every week. I feel like we've seen Mahomes enough that Belichick got to be able to try some game plan that I think he's well prepared for. So I'll go with New England. You heard me when I said earlier. The Chiefs are in a rhythm. They're attacking people's weaknesses. With all the defenders that are out for New England, for New England, I'm going KC. Minnesota at Houston. This is a game where somebody walks out a winner and could change their whole fortune. I think, listen, well-deserved. Bill O'Brien's gotten all the bagging he's deserved. But in perspective, they had the hardest schedule to start the season. So I think, for me personally, the buck stops and starts here. Houston goes on a winning streak of one. I'm going with the Texans. I'm going to say this. Deshaun Watson. 
is your quarterback. Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. Deshaun Watson winning. So I got the Texans for sure. I figured that, sir. So next up, like I said, matchup here, Buffalo at Las Vegas. And I want to pick against Buffalo, but I'm going to be real with, with what I've been seeing. I think Buffalo, a little bit better team. I think they'll win it. It'll be an intriguing matchup. I can't wait to watch that one. The Los Angeles Chargers at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, they're they getting that rhythm. Uh, you know, your, your boy Brady throwing less interceptions, looking less like Winston. So, you know, Tampa Bay's throwing the roll. Well, with Chris, Go <laughs> Chris Godwin's out, so that means they have the next man up strategy. For some reason, Mike Evans and Brady haven't been connecting. Gronk and Brady aren't connecting. The running game is iffy. Um, Chargers have a defense, so this will be a contested matchup. Tampa normally doesn't play well at home, so I'm going with the Chargers. Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Oh, you know what? I, I, Brent, I messed up, man. And this is sorry. It was Denver at the Jets, not Jacksonville. So okay. let's go back to the – we'll circle back to that one. We got Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Who you got? I'm going to go with Joe Burrow and go – I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Let's get one, Joe Burrow. Listen, he's been playing phenomenally. The only thing that's in his way, again, is planning. His coach, Zach Taylor, doesn't understand the value of Joe Mixon. How do you have running backs? How do you have a running game, an explosive runner, an Alvin Kamara type, and you're throwing the ball 50 to 60 times a game? Establish the run, and then it protects the rookie quarterback, and then you can make productivity. You got away with a tie when you could have had a dub. So, yeah, Cincinnati. You got Cincinnati? I got Cincinnati. Baltimore at Washington. Uh, Baltimore, they, they need to bounce back. They'll bounce back. Washington, I mean, they're young team. They're not ready for these moments. So, yeah, Baltimore. Hey, Dwayne Haskins already been put on the clock. Rivera said, hey, I support you, but I can't settle for this. So, we'll see if he bounces back and gives us a game, but I'm going Baltimore as well. Seattle at Miami. Living la vida loca. I mean, I'm not picking against Russell Wilson. I'm not saying nothing bad about Russell Wilson. Seattle. You know what? I have to do something different just because I'm going to say Brian Flores has the magic finger. I'm going to go with Miami. <clears throat> Cleveland at Dallas. This is another game I'm going to keep my eye on. I, I, like, I like how Cleveland been playing, but Dallas, is, they, they, they're ready to turn around. They're ready to regroup from that Seattle loss. I got the Cowboys. Listen, I, I'm picking the Cowboys to win. I hope they win. I'm going emotional here. But OBJ has a field day against the Cowboys. So he may, this may be the spark he needs for the Browns. I just don't trust him, Baker Mayfield, although he's playing in his home state where he's born, grew up, kind of has a feel. So his moxie may be shining a little bit bright, but I'm still going Cowboys. New Orleans at Detroit. I want to keep believing in Drew Brees, but I, I know Michael Thomas is questionable, so I think they get Michael Thomas back and they win. Okay, you got New Orleans in. Yes, sir. Indiana at Chicago. Rivers versus Foles. Who folds first? I'm going to go Chicago. I'm back and forth. I'm going to go Chicago. I think Foles get it done another week. I'm only picking Chicago because Philip Rivers has disappointed me. I can't trust that man. He is the same dude he was in San Diego slash L.A. He's throwing picks. I, I'm going with Chicago. Next up, New York Giants at the L.A. Rams. Giants are terrible. So, Rams. I love the way you analyze that game. <clears throat> so, Arizona Cardinals. At the Carolina Panthers. Man, I'm really liking this connection Hopkins and uh, Kyler Murray got. I like the way they're building on defense. They're playing really really physical on defense. I like, I like the Cardinals. I'm picking them. I like them right now. All right. Um, I'm liking, you know, Carolina had a great week last week. I think it'll be a competitive game. We'll see this 
show that normally works well in the dome or out in the left coast traveling east i i, I can't trust it i'm going carolina matt rules a defensive guy he'll find a way to slow something down philadelphia at san francisco i mean two depleted teams huh i'm gonna go san francisco just because like we talked earlier Wentz just not getting it done deshaun jackson ain't showing the same explosiveness yet that i expected to see from him so I, I think they're just not built right now to win anything so i'm going for the 49 49ers are getting um, Garoppolo back this week. He should be starting. Uh, they got the rookie, Brandon Ayuk, who's starting to step up. Yes, they're depleted, but George Kittle is also supposed to play. So I'm going to San Francisco because they're starting to look more like who they're supposed to be. Atlanta at Green Bay. Green Bay been looking so good. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, uh, Jones at running back. They look really good. I, I think they keep rolling the way they've been rolling. Definitely. Un looking unstoppable. Atlanta ain't got nothing like this. They need to keep losing every game. They need to tank for Trevor. Not that I think he's their savior, but he's a Georgia kid, Georgia bred, Georgia born. Dan Quinn will be fired soon. So, yeah, I'm going Green Bay. This ain't a good look. Uh, the only, only other game we would have had would have been Pittsburgh at Tennessee. That got postponed, as we said earlier, due to COVID. So let's go back to the top. Denver at New York Jets. Uh, Denver, because the – same thing I use with the Giants. New York team sucks. They're just terrible right now. Broncos. I hear you, but the the Broncos are Spartan Brett Rippon, and yeah, that ain't gonna do it, Chief. And I don't care how bad you are, you're going on the road to MetLife. This is the only time I can pick the Jets because I feel like it's either equal or slightly better than. So I'm going the Jets, and then they need to get off the Schneid. Maybe pressure makes a diamond this week for Adam Gase. He can back off people for him for a week. That's the NFL straight up. Now, I know you wanted to move on. We'll save the spread for last. I, I know that you mentioned the NBA. The reason why I tabled it and saved it for this moment, Britt, is because we ain't got much to talk about, right? Like, <laughs> we already started the NBA Finals. There's a total of seven games possible. One's already been played. And we can just talk about that because there ain't much else to talk about, right? Game one, Lakers win 116-98. to 98. Um I don't know what you expected before the series. We didn't get to give too much input of what we expected, but you can talk a little bit about that, and we can talk about what we expect going forward. So, so how? So, let me say this. First off, the ninety-eight to one sixteen, it wasn't even that close. That's it was a not. sad thing. It wasn't that's what the that final close, result was, right? It wasn't even that close, and that's a sad thing to say for the NBA Finals. But yeah, um, before I'll say before, like okay, let me let me do Pat Riley. Respect the guy, right? Builds cultures. Spolster from the video room, worked hard, became that. He's a grinder, right? He's mm -hmm. a grinder. His team's a grinder because he's a grinder. You take on, the, you take on what your coach is, right? So they, they grinded. I mean, they weren't more talented than Boston. I mean, I'm not really high on Milwaukee. They weren't the most talented team in the East in, the, in this bubble. Put it that way. But they played harder than everybody else. The thing is, though, LeBron came from that culture, right? He was in that culture for a while. He knows it. Whoa, he knows whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. I can't let you lie on our podcast. He didn't come from that culture. No, listen, he came no, from that no. franchise. He he was around the culture, so he knows the culture. I'm not saying he took the culture, but he knows it. I'm he not saying you're saying that. I'm just saying the way they're playing now and what they're doing now is not how he, the way Wade and Bosch played when they were there. No, no, let, let, me, let me take a step back how I mean it. The way I meant it was he knows how Spolster prepares and the work Spolster okay. puts in. Okay. So he knows how that culture's built. Like, Spolster's going to do all the studying, all the films, Watch everything, get a real game plan. They're going to input from Pat Riley. He's in the bubble with them. That's what I mean. Their coaches, the way they prepare, the way they come out, you know you're not going to get a team that's going to come out and just lay down. You know, they're going to they're gonna prepare. So that's just how that culture's built. So 
LeBron knows that. So he's like, hey, we got to be locked in. Got to be. We can't come out here light. Take them light because we're the more talented team, the, the bigger team, the better team. No, we got to come out here. And they, they didn't come out there starting the game. They came out, got punched in the mouth. They took a timeout. Uh, KCP hit two they threes. They took two timeouts. Let's get yeah, that exactly. on, the, on the record. Quick, yep. KCP hit two threes. They got their rhythm going. They started playing Laker basketball. They started playing physical. They started making shots. And that was the end of it. You know what I mean? So if, you, if they match the intensity of the heat, the series probably opened four, sadly. I, when I first looked, I'm like, five, maybe six, out of respect for Miami. Right now, if it, if it goes more than four, because Bam's out, he's doubtful, and Dragic's got a torn plantar fasciitis in his foot. They're both out for game two, or doubtful, so that's pretty much out. And I, before the series started, the first thing I said, I said, man, Dragic is a, is, a, is a clever little crafty point guard. He can hurt us. Bam's energy. Because you know always you say AD soft. I'm like, Bam is aggressive. He's physical. He doesn't play. He doesn't try to play soft. Bam is energy, effort. So I'm like, those two guys can give Miami a puncher's chance, you know, give them a fighting chance. They can't win the series, but they can get it like six or seven games, possibly. But both of them got hurt. I'm like, hmm, that, that's the only hope they really had. Because Butler's going to do what Butler does, right? We get that. Crowder going to make some shots in the corner. He's just a shooter. But the two people that brought the energy and gave them an edge, I felt like, was Bam and Dragic. With them down, I, I, four games, maybe five if the Heat get hot one game, maybe. Well, for me, <clears throat> I, going in, I thought it was five games. Like you said, no more than six. Four-two is still a non-competitive series for the most part. Right. Maybe even four. Like I said, four-one, five games. But that first quarter, right? That first four minutes is what I feared the most from Miami because, like you said, they are edgy. All five guys playing for one cause. We don't always see that with the Lakers. A lot of times we see ISO ball or just. Again, I always get on LeBron. We've been back and forth over the past two weeks. Like, ah, I can't stand LeBron. He's like, man, he got a triple-double. Like, yeah, but it's, it's not the triple-double. You're, you're excited about the result. I'm talking about the process. I need flow. I need spacing. And the last two games the Lakers have played, I don't know if he's been listening to the podcast. He's been reading my text messages. But the man's been doing what I'm saying. Stop being a ball hog, stand at the top of the key, get in the mid-post, get on the wing, distribute from there, cut, through, you know, move your body so the defense moves. If not, they're going to stack up in zone. And when I saw the way that Bam was setting screens and Jimmy was setting screens, like, it was hard screens. They were like, boom, we here. We in the building. And, yeah, that, that didn't last long because talents prevailed and we started flexing our muscle. So going forward, let me give this, because I'm always critical of a guy. Vogel actually did something that shocked me. He started Dwight Howard, which I think stymied Miami because now their intention was we're going to put Bam on AD. And then we could put Crowder on JaVel McGee because he's light in the shorts. You start Dwight Howard. He's like edgy like them. Now Bam's got to guard Dwight Howard. That takes some of that energy you're talking about Bam has away. And now AD's getting guarded by Crowder. That, that's a perfect matchup. He's not getting bullied. He's able to shoot over the man. He's in a rhythm. Now I do expect some of that to switch. I expect him to go hard at AD, get him out of his game and rhythm. This is where it's up to the other four guys to make baskets. And then AD has to just stay engaged and locked in. So, that being said, uh, if the Lakers are the champs, 17th championship, like I said, we have a lot of time to talk about the offseason. We have to ask that question. Do they run it back with the same team? Do they let KCP walk? Do they bring back A.B. Bradley? Do they bring back Rondo? What do they do? Because my only fear is in a traditional season, not to say this season was easier, but in a traditional season, this team ain't going to cut the mustard. So, Let's enjoy these NBA finals while we can, Lakers fans. You know, it's been 
I don't know why we do this. Every decade we show up in the finals. This is what we do from the 80s, the 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Now 2020, we're in that thing. Let's go get that right. chip. I, we, but we never just go once, right? So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm preluding these questions. You know it's coming, huh? That's how you feel? That's how you feel, huh? Well, that's how I should feel. Like, I, I, I was at, I've been out and about with my mask on, right? It's a Lakers mask. And people like, Lakers fans, like, man, I love your energy. Thank you. It's like, what's, what's wrong? You know, have people like, well, they buy their players. Like, well, don't, doesn't every team buy their players? That's why it's called a salary cap. Like, don't hate, the, don't hate the game or the player. Look, be mad at your team that they ain't got the skills or the wherewithal to grab these, this talent. Exactly. I remember people hating on, you can't win with Rondo and KCP, all these misfits. Oh, really? You can't do it? Now, these, this is a playoff squad. This ain't your one through 82 team. This ain't the Clippers, bro. We ain't selling tickets and popcorn for you to watch this in the regular season. This ain't the Giannis Lakers. This is the Los Angeles Lakers. We, we play for chips. I like that energy because I'm late right now. So I'm late. I like the energy. So I'm not gonna say anything. I got two more things on the on the, on the game. I kind of want to give some takes on. Knock them. The reason Miami's in so much trouble. I think you agree with this. They don't have the guys to switch. So when LeBron was running the pick and roll, oh yeah, he was getting Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson on him. And like you said, he was going into the mid post. He just bullying them. They don't have the bodies. You know, most teams got a couple guys like you said. If they played the Clippers, somebody they can switch. You know put PG and Kawhi, mm-hmm. whoever get picked on him, could they ever get switched, can still hold it on. They don't have the bodies. When you put Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero on LeBron, because Jimmy Butler wasn't fighting through him after a while, I'm like, you, you can't do that. And then the thing about when you said, you know, how Miami came out and you expected it, I expected it too, because I was, you know, I was looking back at other finals and thinking like, hey, how are they going to perform? I was like, man, typical finals. And you saw like Kenny Smith was saying like, hey, you got 50 media members from all over the country interviewing you. Then they, up those 50 walk out, another 50 come in. You in two or three hour media sessions, right? You like, oh man, this moment is big. This is real pressure. You start feeling something. Oh, it man. definitely looked big for Tyler Hero. He didn't look like he belonged. Right? And that's, but the crazy part was I'm like, he didn't, he, you didn't have any media interviews with like the two hours worth of media. You didn't walk into the Staples Center and see 16 banners, 20,000 people going crazy, Jack Nichols in the front, mm-hmm. Nicholson, Snoop Dogg. So I'm like, y'all don't have all that real, real pressure that you normally would in your first NBA Finals game. And you so got blown like that. Y'all have a chance because of that. And they, and they still didn't They still didn't perform like it. But I'm like, y'all have a better chance because y'all this bubble. Save y'all have to go to Staples Center because y'all wouldn't have been okay going to Staples Center with some of those guys on your roster. Listen, all great points and valid points. I'm with you, right? Their depth, they don't have depth. We said this before. Like, I, I kept saying this. How is Miami winning? Because it's just they were edgy. Like, going back to my Danny H comment, right? You've had these draft picks you've held on to. You've made some decisions that I don't agree with, and your team is terrible. Now they're, like, making excuses. Well, you know, Kimball wasn't the same as he was in, in, the bubble, in the bubble. I'm like, why are you making excuses? You should have been pulling the trigger to get that same level talent. You've lucked up that Jason Tatum's been this good. You've lucked up that Jalen Brown's been this good. But what have you surrounded them with? Nothing. You brought in Gordon Hayward. Ooh, that dude is softer than Charmin. Like, he ain't going to do nothing for you. He's always hurt to, you know, no, no negative thing to himself. But back into the finals, right? I really thought that Jimmy Butler's ankle little issue was karma. There was a guy that was on Twitter, and he tweeted out, oh, these officials are making these bogus calls. Let him play. And I'm like, and he mentioned Jimmy Butler getting hurt. And I'm like, AD didn't push him, bro. Like, he literally twisted, tweaked his ankle on his own. Secondly, that's karma for the elbow he lodged at Danny Green that 
somehow in review became a score the basket, no delay, delay a game on the Lakers, but we missed the elbow. What happened to every, any contact above the neck and shoulders is a flagrant reviewable, and we didn't get none of that. So that was, just, to me, karma. So if Jimmy Butler's down, how do you play without him? Because no other dude off that bench can give you the same Jimmy Butler attitude. He's going to be slow. If Bam can't go, you have no interior. Don't talk about Kelly Olenek. That ain't nothing. And then don't talk about – well. Terrence Nunn played well in the second half. He had 15 points on – yeah, okay, that was the moment. Garbage if he, minutes. Yeah, but if he has to start – now, I was a little worried that we were letting that league get chipped because we were – we got caught in their vein and we were chucking up threes. Yep. We didn't go back to bases like, hey, slow down, take the best shot, not just any shot. Like, that's where I feel like, you know – but, you know, that's game one. I'll take that game one win over our other game one effort. So, for me, I can't wait for Friday. I'm with you. Game and two. And on that one thing, though, all three of those injuries, Bam ran into Dwight Howard, lowered his shoulder, injured himself. Yep. Dragic didn't get touched, just a bad step. And yep. Butler, like I said, leaned into uh, AD and then tripped his own ankle. So all three of those, it wasn't like Lakers playing dirty, hard, bad, foul, nope. none of that. It was three injuries, and all three were just uh, just flukes. In Miami, all of them were, like, self-inflicted. It, it's like, you know, that, that's, that saying, punk jump up to get beat down. Well, Miami thought they were going to punk the Lakers and ended up yep. punking themselves. And exactly. as, far, as far as, like, let's think about strategy. You, they tried zone, then they let Danny Green get hot. That, you can't, so you can't go zone. The only thing you can start doing is trapping and overexert yourself, which may cause you in the fourth quarter to have zero energy and the lead go from you up by five or ten to lose by 20. So it's like it'll be very interesting on the matchup changes that – that we see from Spolstra, and we see if Vogel can match or counter within the game of itself. All right. I'm with you. I'm Brent, with you on all that. that wraps up the NBA. Let's go on to the spread. This is where we have our pick six, six NFL games, six college games. We're in it for the money and, you know, really just entertainment purposes only because we don't put no money on this. We are not sponsored by a sports book. Maybe in the future we will be. But this week's spread, because we spread the news on this one, right? Texas at Alabama. Brent, Alabama is favored to win by 16 points. The total on the game is 53 and a half. What say you, sir? I'm going to say Bama and under. Bama covers and it's under. I'm going Bama and over. Because I think Anna may score some points this week more than 12. Navy at Air Force, part one of the Commander's Cup. We have Navy is favored, actually, by seven and a half points with a total of 40 and 46 points. I'm going to go with Navy and over. Navy and over. I'm going with Air Force and under. Auburn at Georgia. We have Auburn getting six and a half points, so Georgia's Expected to win by six and a half with a total of 45 points. Man, I really want to pick Auburn, and I, I'm going to go Georgia and over. Don't, I don't even know why, but I'm going to stick with that one. I'm going Auburn and over. I can't trust Georgia. They don't know who their quarterback is. They got too many issues. Virginia at Clemson. Clemson is getting giving away 28 and a half points with a total of 55 and a half. I wish I felt like you, but I, I don't. Clemson and over. Sadly. Clemson over. I'm going beat Virginia and over. Oklahoma at Iowa State. Iowa State is getting six and a half points with a total of 62 and a half. 
Oklahoma need to bounce back. So I'm going to go Oklahoma and six, seven and a half over. They don't play defense. 62 and a half. But you're still going over because it's still okay. okay. I'm I'm going Oklahoma bounce back game, and I'm going under. I'm assuming it's gonna be bad weather. The local kid, UTSA three and zero for the first time. New head coach Jeff Trailer. I don't believe in them yet. They've beaten two teams with uh, actually three teams with losing records, and each game's gotten closer and closer to almost being losses. So I'm going. Um, it's UTSA getting 20 and a half points with an over-under of 53. What do you th- say? I'm going to go um, – I don't believe in UTSA either. I'm going to go UAB and I'm going to go over. Still put up some points. I'm going to go under because I don't think UTSA is going to score much. So UAB may score 40. <laughs> and uh, we'll see if UTSA can bust or drive. I don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. Let's be Atkins or Frank Harris. Harris got hurt last week. We'll see. That's the pick six for the college games. On to the NFL. We said it's one of the games of the week. New England at KC. Kansas City is laying seven points with a total of 53 and a half. What you got, Brent? I got New England, and I'm going to go under. So you're taking the points, and you're going under. I'm taking Kansas City, and I'm going over. I think they find a way to score 55 points. Buffalo at Las Vegas. Buffalo is getting is giving three points, so the Vegas are a plus three. Total is 52. I'm going to go Buffalo and over. I'm going Las Vegas and under. I've been terrible in these picks. I should have gave the update. I'll give it to you next week. But you, this week you did – this last week you did stellar, man. You did, you did really good. Um, the Chargers at the Bucks. The Bucks are minus seven and a half. Total is forty-four and a half points. I'm gonna go with the Bucks and over for forty-four. I'm going with the Chargers and under. I'm gonna take seven and a half on the road, and I'm, I don't think they can muster up the points. And if they win, it's because their defense. Minnesota at Houston, the battle of the zero and threes. Uh, Minnesota is getting three and a half points, and the total is fifty-three and a half. I'm gonna go Houston and under. I'm going Houston and over. We got Cleveland at Dallas. We got Cleveland getting four and a half points and total of 55 and a half. I'm going to go Dallas and under. Dallas has played all their games close. I'm going to go Cleveland and I'm going to go over as well. You said under? Wow. Cincinnati at Jacksonville. We have Jacksonville getting three points because Cincinnati's favorite in this game. I'm going to go with Cincy and over. All right. Um, yeah, 49 and a half was the total. So, I don't know, but mm, they both have bad defenses, right? That's 25 points a game. I'm going to go Cincy and over just to be safe. <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard to call. Like, I'm just – it's a game I want to watch just to see, you know, Joe Burrow, see what he does and see, you know, the Bengals won't go 0-16. They may go exactly. – they may go <laughs> – they may go 0-15-1, but they may not <laughs> do that. But so, let, let's just – let's just see. But, yo, it's it. That's a wrap on this edition of Dropping the Mic Sports Talk. 
We're always glad you're listening to the show. We want to keep giving you that flavor in, our, in your ear. It is our goal to make sure we got the latest and greatest news in sports, giving you our take on it. As always, you got to keep it locked. But don't be selfish, y'all. Not only do you need to subscribe on your favorite platforms to our show, tell your friends, tell your homies, tell your barber. We got some things in the works. We're going to start marketing, campaigning, and champagning. You want to be a charter member of Dropping the Mic because this show is going to blow up before you know it, and you want to say you heard us first. So do us a solid. Subscribe. You know the platforms. If you don't, let me tell you. Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Anchor.fm. You can always catch us there. You can always catch us on social media, Twitter, our handle is DTMST6. On the gram, Instagram, DTM underscore ST. And of course, on Facebook at DTM Sports Talk. Hey, if you're feeling emboldened, if you want to give feedback or comments or chip in your picks or takes, hit us on our email, Google email, right? DTM.sportstalk at gmail.com. This episode's been fun, it's been real, it's been everything we wanted to be and more. So y'all stay tuned and always keep it locked and stay locked on Dropping the Mic.